I got something really cool and unexpected in the mail a few days ago. It was a card from my friend Jennifer. Um, Jennifer is one of our listeners and she lost her mom recently. But that was so kind of her. She sent a card from, I believe it's the Arbor Day Foundation, and had trees planted in honor of Michael and Mia. And I just thought that was so kind of her to do that. So I just, I know, because we just had that conversation about memorials and ways to Mm -hmm. pay tribute to people. And I never thought about the Arbor Day Foundation and like having trees planted. So that was so cool. So that is really cool. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Christina. And this is the Full Cup Club podcast. We're here to talk through the good, the bad, and the ugly of loss, whether that's losing a loved one, a job, a dream, or even your marbles. (laughs) So whether your cup has coffee, tea, or vodka in it, welcome to the Full Cup Club. Friends, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about suicide and how suicide, when you are grieving a loss from someone who died by suicide, um, the impact that that can have on a family and loved ones. But before we get started, Megan, what is in your cup today? Today, I have a pineapple Waterloo. So it's still a fizzy water, mm-hmm. still on that train, and it's pineapple flavored. I had never had this one before. I got it at Sam's, Sam's Club. I like it. It's, you know, I had a, uh, I forgot the name of the brand, but I had a pineapple coconut one not too long ago that tasted like you were just like licking sunscreen, you know? Um, but this one is not not nearly as atrocious so it is definitely a milder situation and I'm I'm here for it what are you drinking today I am drinking I'm I'm just still in love with these Trader Joe's lemonade seltzers are they seltzers or like fizzy water um look what I did people at home can't see this but I know that they make yetis and stuff that fit a seltzer but look it Mm -hmm. fits in my it fits in my cup. Oh, it's you just have the can. I just have the can. I was like, she I just has her can in a Yeti cup. She didn't pour the drink into the Yeti. Nope. She just has the whole can in there with the lid on top and then a straw. Yeah, it works. It works, friends. If you're ever wondering, because Lord knows if you look in my cabinet, I've got like 25 Yeti cups. I do not need another little Yeti thing. But why don't you just pour it into the Yeti? Why keep it in the can? I guess it saves you from having to wash the Yeti. I guess. I don't know. It just <laughs> felt right. It just felt right. You got to follow your heart. <laughs> oh, wow. Friends, like we said on today's episode, we are going to be talking about suicide in in relation to grief. And this month, if you're not aware, September is Suicide Awareness Month. And suicide has 25 years ago. um, In September, suicide impacted my family's life. Um, My brother died by suicide at 17. And so this is something that is close to my heart as far as understanding that grieving someone who died by suicide can be really complicated because it's an unexpected loss and it is traumatic and just all of those feelings balled into one. So we wanted to explore this topic um, on the episode and bring some awareness to it. And then also for those of you who have a loved one 
who you are grieving the loss of that their death was by suicide. We just want to make sure that you know that you're not alone and it can feel very alone anytime you're grieving. But about Mm -hmm. 50% of the people in the United States in their lifetime will know someone who died by suicide. And that's a real statistic. Yes. How about you, Megan? Have you experienced knowing anyone who died by suicide? Yeah, I have a a handful of people, actually, that were acquaintances more than close. Mm. Um, And then then one person that was pretty close with my family. So um, it it was definitely hard. And I think that when you are close with somebody who has died by suicide, it's, um, it's a different kind of grief. Mm -hmm. It's, it's more nuanced. I feel like it's, it's layered with other feelings, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I think that that's valid and it can be scary and sad and you may feel guilty or shame or, Mm -hmm. or any of any number, any mixture of, those emotions. Yes. I know from coming from a family, from a faith background, there can be shame wrapped up. And you mentioned this, that there can be shame wrapped up in um, having a family member who died by suicide. Mm -hmm. And I went back and looked at some stuff because I wanted to know where does this come from? And so what I found is that the Catholic church used to classify suicide as a moral sin. And so it was considered in the church, in the faith community, this unforgivable sin that somebody had ended their life and then there's no forgiveness after that. And what I found so beautiful is that in 1983, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church removed um, suicide from the list of moral sins. And the Christian Church, they actually... um, are now aware that this is not viewed. They, they recognize that people, that there are bigger things here, that there are people who Mm -hmm. are struggling with different things. And so it's also viewed differently in the Christian church and that it is more approached with like, how can we care for a family? Um, How can we care for people who have gone through this? So I appreciated finding that out because I know that there, there is that stigma. And if you are a family that has gone through this and you're struggling with that, please know that, um, you know, we're coming out of the dark ages. It's not, it's not the same as maybe it was when your grandma was a kid. So another Mm -hmm. thing that, um, you and I have talked about this a couple of times just in our conversations. And I used to say committed suicide. And then more recently I thought the language had changed to completed suicide but what I know we've talked about that before Mm -hmm. and I have wondered and I might have asked you and have forgotten your answer but I wondered why you said it that way because I've always said committed suicide and so I wondered why you said completed yeah language is really important and I mean I think as we've learned there's so many you know sometimes people can be like, oh my goodness, why are you using that language? And I'm, I'm going to share something that happened recently, kind of give perspective on this. I had someone recently when they were talking about prostitution versus saying like someone is a prostitute versus saying mm-hmm. someone is working in the sex, you know, sex industry. Is a sex worker. Right? A sex worker. Thank mm-hmm. you. And this person really struggled with it. And I broke it down and said, well, 
let's look at this through a different lens. That if we're trying to help people who maybe were in that industry, um, maybe because they were trafficked or there was something else that happened, um, that we Mm -hmm. wanna give them dignity. We wanna give people Mm -hmm. dignity when we are walking, you know, maybe that is not where they wanna be. And we we just wanna give people dignity. My goodness, come on, that's not, Mm -hmm. you know. This is 2022. And so when we use language like committed suicide, it, I think it, it harkens back to that thing that people viewing it as a sin, as a moral sin that they committed. Because mm. you would say I, they committed adultery. They committed mm-hmm. murder. committed a crime. I was talking about it with Billy and that was his thought. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you've you commit a robbery and mm-hmm. that's a negative thing. Yes. Right. And then the other one that I more recently thought was the proper terminology, the proper language to use was completed. But what that does when we talk about that is we look at it that for people who are struggling with mental health, when we think of completing something, we think of completing mm. a goal. So that's it's like also, the finish line. Yes. Mm. And I love the way that, um, I believe it, I'm, I'm sorry, I have so many notes here, but I love that I believe it was um, do something.org. Um, I'm, we're going to link several places in our show notes that these came from. But I love that they talked about replacing the language with, if you can fill the blank in with cancer, we would never say somebody completed mm-hmm. cancer. We would never say somebody mm-hmm. committed cancer, but we would say they right. died by cancer or they died from mm-hmm. cancer. So died by suicide, mm-hmm. died, you know, death by suicide. That's how the right. proper language to use. So yeah. that's where that well, comes from. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. I, th- I found it helpful. Yeah. So when you're thinking about, and I know that suicide has touched your family um, very closely, but when you're thinking about what you needed from people supporting you as you were grieving your brother. What type of advice do you have for people supporting someone who's lost a person by suicide? And how is it different from the support that you needed when you lost somebody that was, you know, when you lost Michael from unexpectedly, but in a different way? Yeah, wow. Um, you know, we talk about that. Let's say those circles, I believe you talked about this before about how close you were to someone and I did not live in the home with my brother. So I was a little bit Mm -hmm. like outside the home at that point. And I just think like people showing you love and compassion and showing up for our family was huge. I remember Mm -hmm. when some things that stuck out in my mind that, that the counselor, the family counselor showed up to our house and just started doing dishes that there were people who were at our home for two weeks with us because this was just like this huge thing and people showed up. And I think that's what we really needed. And the day of his funeral, um, we, you know, you don't know if anybody's going to show up. 350 people showed up to his funeral. And so I just really think that showing a family support when they're going through something so traumatic and unexpected is, you know, if, if you could go a little bit above and beyond of what you would even normally do, that's what I would, that's what I would say to people. Well, what I'm actually hearing is that the support that you need as a grieving person after you've lost somebody, no matter how they died is the same. Mm -hmm. You just need people to show up. Mm -hmm. You need people to 
listen. You need people to not be judgy and Mm -hmm. not offer advice and not, you know, try to uh, push any, oh, well, he's in a better place now. Any kind of those comments, right? You need people who are just there, supportive, and listening, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the same. It's the same as you need when you've lost somebody yes. in a different way. Yes. Very mm-hmm. much. But so. I think there's that element. It's it's the grief supporters that need to just check themselves and mm-hmm. make sure that you're not doing those things, that you're not judging, that mm-hmm. you're not saying you know, pushing religion or anything. Yes. You know, particularly if you don't have the same religious beliefs yes. as the person, right? Yes. Yes. Yes to all of those things. Show up, show up and you know, do a show up, but don't show out. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yes. So one of the things that um, my family did in the few years following the loss of my brother was that we participated in something called walk out of darkness was it's from the American foundation for suicide prevention. And so if you are a family who has gone through this type of loss, it was just nice in a way of knowing that we weren't alone in this. Mm -hmm. And I was not able to participate, but I, I got to live vicariously through my family and watch them participate um, and, and that means a lot to find that community. And so I would encourage those of you to look for support groups. Um, mm-hmm. Find uh, the night, I was telling Megan, the night that my brother um, died, our whole family went to counseling together and sat around in a circle. And I'm so grateful that my parents modeled that for us. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, which is like yeah. when Michael died, that is one of the first things I did with my kids was, you know, have them go to counseling. So if that's you, um, there are support groups, you know, in churches, in your community, there are different organizations, ask a counselor, ask your doctor for mm-hmm. referrals. Yeah. I, uh, I did that walk too. Well, you uh, said you didn't do it, but I didn't, did but it. I got yeah. to watch my family. Yes. Yeah, I did that. I can't remember if it was the distance, if it was like a 5K or just like a, a shorter distance. Mm-hmm. I think it was shorter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did that walk with my friend. So one thing I think that um, we, I don't know if we've talked about this, and and I don't hear about it often um, when talking about grief, is that when you have lost somebody, no matter how they died, a symptom of grief can be that you're feeling suicidal, Mm, right? So, you know, you have, we talk about the stages of grief and all of the other feelings and emotions and widow brain and other things like that. But I don't think we've talked about being suicidal or having suicidal Mm -hmm. thoughts as a symptom of grief. And that's very real. Yes, absolutely. That happens. And if that's you, if you've lost somebody and you're feeling that way, reach out for help. You can call or text 988 for the suicide hotline. Maybe you talk to a friend, maybe your family, maybe a counselor, but reach out for help. Yes, I agree. And I've had those moments where I thought I could see, you know, I'm just being real about it. A month before my brother um, died by suicide, I was suicidal. And it's very real. It's a very dark place. And I have 
been there a couple of times in my adult life. And I'm grateful that I had people that I just, I'm just one of those people when, when I'm aware of something like that, that's happening in my brain, I just start, Hey, I need help. I need help. And I remember both times, um, that this happened as an adult saying to Michael, just being very verbal. Like it, I don't care if it comes out awkward. If you hear me right now and you're struggling with this, I don't care how awkward it is. I don't care if you call, you know, somebody that you haven't known, you know, very long. I don't care if you call 911 mm-hmm. or who you call. Start singing like a bird. Say you need help. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter how awkward it is. Um, right. Find help. It gets better. So yeah. please reach out to somebody. You said that, you know, it doesn't matter who it is that you reach out to. That kind of reminded me of a thought that I had earlier where when you're grieving, particularly kind of at the at the beginning, the people in your life sometimes shift roles, mm-hmm. right? You you maybe cling to one person that you may that's maybe it's not your best friend, maybe it's not a family member. It's just this this person who has just become your your yes. partner in this. You know what I mean? Yes. So and and maybe that's that's the case for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just you need that person and then, you know, as time goes on, it that relationship maybe goes back to what it was or maybe it changes forever, mm-hmm. right? But don't be don't be alarmed or weirded out if those relationships in your life kind of it's like everybody's playing a different character mm-hmm. for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to based put it. on what you need. Yeah, and you're the director. So you're casting these people, right? <laughs> yes. And they might not be in the roles that they were in before. I remember, um, I don't know, maybe a year or so after Michael died, um, someone I had, and I've mentioned him before, I'd gone to high school with. He was one of my best friends. It was her brother's best friend. His name's Carlos. I've mentioned him here on the podcast several times. Mm-hmm. And Carlos um, had been somebody who was in my life through social media. And he really came in and like we would talk about books and just all of these different things and travel and Carlos became this really solid friendship in my life this really sturdy person in my life and I remember him at one point sharing with me like sometimes it's just having that one or two other friends he had read Mm -hmm. that just having a couple of friends when you're going through something really hard can make a difference so if you find yourself Mm -hmm. after your person passes and you are struggling with these things and somebody shows up in your life completely unexpected out of the norm of people that mm-hmm. were not in your community per se before. Um, yeah. I just want you to hear that that's normal for those of us mm-hmm. who are a little further down the road than maybe mm-hmm. you find yourself today. This is very common in the, this community. Yeah. The friends that were closest with me when Jason died, the ones that were, you know, kind of around the most, I hardly talk to mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? agree. And that's, same. you know, <laughs> yeah, same. So if you have lost a person by suicide and you are grieving that loss and you are feeling things like guilt or shame or anger, or if you're feeling suicidal, Remember to talk to somebody, find a friend, 
find a, a family member you can talk to. Remember, people can change roles in your life. It might not be your best friend. It might be somebody new. Talk to a therapist or a counselor. And if you're feeling particularly, if you're feeling suicidal, call or text 988. That's the new suicide hotline. It's new that you can text yes. it, right? Yes. This is a new thing that it just changed mm-hmm. to 988. Yes. Call or text. Yeah. So find a friend, talk about it. Talk, talk, talk. You are such a gift in my life, Christina. Like you are my friend I talked to <laughs> about about all of this stuff, right? We didn't know each other did not. before our husbands died, no. you know? So it's not, she was not my best friend from high school, right? right. She's not my sister. We didn't know each other. And I mean, strangers on the internet, let's be honest, that sometimes (laughs) when you're in this space, it's finding a group on social media of like Mm -hmm. people who have been through the same thing. Yeah, it's like the modern version of a support group, you know, instead of folding chairs in a church basement, it's finding a Facebook group Mm -hmm. or an Instagram account, right? Mm -hmm. So find somebody to talk to about it because you are not alone it is um, real what you're feeling, and talking to somebody will help. So just get it out so that you can heal. I want to share a story really quick, and I don't know that I've ever shared this with you. When I was in my early 20s, I was the person who I had someone who was in the middle of suicide. I don't know how to put it. They were trying to end their life. And I was the person who drove them to the hospital and just praying all the way there that I would get pulled over. I drove a hundred miles an hour. Honestly, that was, I was hoping somebody would pull me over to help. It was before Mm -hmm. cell phones. And I remember like going through that and I look back on my friend's life today and she had gone through something hard and I look on her life now 25 years later and she has grandbabies and she has Mm. a whole new career and so many wonderful things in her life another child in her life and so much love in her life and if you are here and you have lost someone and you are struggling with that hold on to that it, it will get better Um, I know Mm -hmm. this is so hard when, you know, if you've lost a spouse or maybe your mom Mm -hmm. was your best friend or whatever that looks like, but I promise you, I've seen where people's lives get better. And so reach out for help because it does get better. Okay, friends. Well, the time has come. So whether your cup is empty, half full or overflowing, raise it up. Here's to the craziness of life after loss. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for being here with us. Please subscribe to our podcast if you found it helpful. And you can also find us on social media on Instagram at Full Cup Club Podcast. And if you search Full Cup Club Podcast on Facebook. Again, thanks friends, and we'll see you next time.